Amen. All right. Thank you, guys. All right. Pastor Josh will be taking the youth downstairs. Uh, they're going to have their service. So if you guys are part of the youth group, please join him and head down. We'll come and get you. Just a reminder to my tech and my uh, security that when we get close to those uh, action steps, they should come up. And when we do, we'll have the Kids XP kids come over here on the front, okay? Not that side. All right. Let's get rolling. Maybe uh, let me pray with you. Father, we love you. We need you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, we are completely dependent upon you, for it is only you that can change a life. God, we just speak your word. We do anoint it as it goes forth. And use us for your kingdom and your glory, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, I guess maybe I'm not getting screens today, so I'll use this. <laughs> All right. I was praying for you guys, and it didn't work. There you go. All right. Last week, we were reading some scriptures to you that I'm going to read again today. Also going to share them with you this week in the devotionals that we send out, Monday through Friday. If you don't get those uh, morning devotionals, we send them out. You can listen to them anytime you want on YouTube, but you sign up through our website, okay? But check them out. So last week when we looked at the application of God's word and what God was saying to his people, the fact of the matter is God said when he established this whole thing about worship and relationship with him through Moses and the law, that he called his people to know exactly what he said and a life of obedience. We all know the story. When they traveled into the promised land, they didn't. They didn't do what God said. They continuously argued with God, tried to do their own thing. And as a result, God's judgment fell upon them, and they died in the wilderness. Every day that this, the, uh, the scouts were in the land, 40 days, checking it out, God gave them a year of wandering as a punishment. So for 40 years, they wandered around nomadic people, camping in tents in the wilderness until that generation died off. The next generation comes up, and they were those that were under 20 at that time. Now they've grown up, watched all their parents, grandparents, and all their aunts and uncles and family members die. Come right to the edge. And God speaks again through the prophet Moses, who was their leader. And yes, he was a prophet, one of the first. And so he speaks God's word to them again. And he challenges them. Now I, want, I, I refer that to you all just so you get the context of the fact that they have seen the hand of God in judgment and in revelation for 40 years. So I think, I'm just thinking as a human being, they probably wanted to pay attention to what they were supposed to do, I would think. And this is what the message said. Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your strength. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I am giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Now I'm going to pause here. Listen, all of you grandparents and parents, aunts and uncles, all of y'all, listen. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're at home, when you're on the road, when you're going to bed, and when you're getting up. Tie them on your hands. All right, maybe you guys can help me because I don't have control of that screen back there and flip that over for me. Appreciate it. <laughs> Tie them to your hands, wear them on your forehead as reminders, write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. So as we read those scriptures, again, we read them last week and reading them, we are looking to the fact that God says that I expect my people to commit themselves wholeheartedly to what I say. That's God's word. Commit yourself wholeheartedly to what I say. This happens by reading it, 
by studying it, by knowing what it says, talking about it all the time, being reminded regularly about it. He says, put it on your hand, put it on your forehead. He's saying like, if you have to wear jewelry as a reminder, wear it. Wake yourself up and talk to yourself. What do you need to do? You need to be talking about God's word and what God says to us about living the life. Church, this is God's word and he's telling his people, he says, now, not only that, but you should put marks on your doorposts and your gates so that when you go home, before you even come in the door, you're reminded that you're God's child and that you ought to know what you're going to talk about when you get there. Not start complaining as soon as you walk through the door. Talk about what God says to you. Thanks, sir. I appreciate it. So last week, the action step was this. Go home. Pause in your doorway. Look around and what tells you in your home that you're a child of God? What reminds you that you're supposed to live different? Did you do that? All five of you. Way to go. No, I mean, I'm being serious because you didn't know that I was going to ask this accountability question today, right? And some of y'all weren't here, but we were online. No excuse. It's there all the time. Listen, commit yourself wholeheartedly. This is God's word. We're, we're not like playing a religious game. We're not here punching a clock and God's giving us brownie points. You don't get those. God's expecting you and I to live what he says for us to live. All right, this isn't a punishment, a chastisement. This is a call, church. This is an awakening. God's word says, look around you. What is it that you are declaring to the world about being a child of God? What is it that you're communicating with people around you, your friends, your family, the people you work with? What is it in your conversation that talks about who God is in your life? Now, God doesn't expect you to just be preaching at everybody. Don't get it wrong. We have to obey the Spirit of God. But what God is saying is, as a follower of God's ways, knowing God's Word, this ought to permeate through your conversations, your living space, who you are, and what you give to your family. It's God's Word. All right, obviously we're right on track with where God wants us. You guys are awful quiet today. <laughs> we looked in the New Testament and we found that Jesus had the exact same expectations. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Your neighbor as yourself. And when he left, he said, now I want you to make new disciples. And as you make new disciples, teach them the things that I've commanded you. Live the life of Jesus. All right, immediately when we hear those words, we're like, well, I can't live like Jesus. I'm not Jesus. Guess what? He lives in you. Guess what? He lived as a human being in this world, dependent completely on the Father and the Holy Spirit in his life. He did not use his godness, his deity, to defeat sin or to live his life. If he did, there's no hope for you and I. The whole thing about your and my salvation and redemption is the fact that God became flesh and lived in us and faced every temptation you and I will face. And he did not sin. He died to sin, for sin, for you and I. That you and I might have life through him. That's God's word. It's amazing. I want to look at another challenge in God's word today. Because we obviously need this. And God is calling us, church. And this is a wake-up moment. 
James chapter 1 says this, Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce righteousness that God desires. So get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives. Get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives. And humbly accept the word God has planted in your hearts. For it has the power to save your souls. But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Old Testament, New Testament, church, are you listening? This is God's word. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. You may fool a few people around you too. But you're only fooling yourselves and God knows. This is his word, church. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, walk away, forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. I have no idea what I look like right now. I mean, you could see me on the screens, but I didn't look at myself. But as far as I know, I look just like I did when I looked in the mirror before I left this morning. The reality is, I know I don't. I had a head wrap on, face mask when I rode my bike for my allergies. I have to cover my face. Coming in, I don't know what happened. I'm boiling water here in here. I may have, I may be a mess. I don't know. But see, up here, I still think I look just like I did right out of the shower and everything was good. That's all I remember. But if I get a mirror right now, I'm like, oh, really? And my wife's downstairs with the kids' church, so she didn't, like, fix me up over there. So (laughs) this is what God's saying. He's like, look, you, you have a glimpse. So let's just look at Sunday morning. You hear God's word. You're like, yeah, that's God's word. Yes, I love that. Amen. That's so good. And then you get up Monday, and you're just you. You're not looking back in the mirror of God's word. And God's saying, look, I don't want you to be you on Monday. I want you to be who I died to make you on Monday. And then when you're at work, he's saying, remember who I told you to be here? When you're at school, when you're dealing with people on the streets, remember what I said about you, what I want you to do? What are your conversations like? Who are you talking to? How are you talking to them? Church, I look at God's word and he says, hey, don't just listen. You have to do it. Otherwise, I'll put it in Dave's translation. You're screwed. You are. Church, we're messed up. To do what God's word, when he says something to us, you have to actually know what God's word says. Why do you think we ask every week, are you spending time in God's word? If you just like listen and say, yeah, amen, and then you go out and you live the best you can, I'll give you that same translation. You're screwed. (laughs) If you're just going out there to do what you think is right and you're the best that you can do as what you think is right, you're in trouble. God's word is pretty strong and God is a holy God. And that God that we serve says, you better know what I say and you better live it because I'm going to be the one that you answer to. Not the church. Come on, man. Not your friends. Not your mom. Not your theological upbringing. None of that stuff matters. It's how you're living your life according to what God says. Obedience to the teachings of Jesus is an expectation for those who call on him. 
You want to use the name Christian? You bear the name Christ? Therefore, your life should look like his. And if it doesn't, stop calling yourself a Christian because you're damning the name of Jesus in the world. (laughs) Amen. This is such an encouraging, challenging time for us. If you have a hope of heaven, you better know what he says. And this is what Jesus said himself in John 14. Listen, if you love me, obey my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads you into all truth. So here's Jesus talking to the disciples, saying, look, you guys, I'm leaving. I got to go. He's going to die for us. He's going up into heaven. But he says, God the Father is going to send you the advocate, the Holy Spirit. He's going to dwell in you. But he's not just going to live there just to live there. He's got a purpose in your life. And Jesus told us in his teachings, John 14, 15, and 16, those chapters, if you read them, he references the work of the Holy Spirit in our life. And he said he's going to dwell in the believer. But he's not just living there. He's he's there for a purpose, to convict us of what we're doing wrong, to convict us to know what to do right, to show us that we are sinners and need a Savior, and that there's a coming judgment. And that the Holy Spirit has come to give us power and gifts that we can live this life. All right, so Jesus says, look, you've got to do what I say and understand the Spirit of God's coming to affirm in you what my word is and to lead you in it. Hmm. So the Holy Spirit works hand in hand with the word of God, Jesus Christ, our Lord, and he leads us into a life of obedience which is a life of transformation and change because the purpose that God gave to us in our redemption, salvation, our Christianity, is that he might transform us from our old sinful self into Christ-likeness. That's the whole purpose. So you can't just say, I'm a Christian, and not know what he teaches. You better know what he expects. You better not try and claim ignorance to the truth. You have God's word available to you. I mean, there are so many apps today. Y'all got smartphones. Stop spending so much time on Facebook and spend some time in God's Word. TikTok, Twitter, whatever your little thing is. I don't care. Just don't do it. Spend some time with God. Look, and BibleGateway.com, which don't pay me, but I use it and I reference it all the time to tell people, like, if you download that app, the Bible will get read to you. You can even pick what kind of words you want to hear coming. There's a guy that speaks with an English accent. There's a dude that speaks proper English not like me but he talks like straight up and then there's the dramatized version where it's like actors but it's all God's word like you could just put that on and listen we have no excuse to not know what God says none let me let me just reference something that Jesus said too much is given much will be required we have no excuse we've got it all Holy Spirit word of God truth we got it man okay so let's move on we're growing in our faith we grow in our faith by the leading of the holy spirit the revelation of truth in the word of god it's a new way of living and therefore it will take some time to mature to become christ-like so don't misunderstand what i'm saying if you're a new believer we're not like hey you better be like jesus you're screwed up you're not saved yet get back down here and repent no god's called us to this life transformation it takes some time So how many of y'all know how to drive a stick shift car? 
Not a lot of us anymore in the younger generation because it's all automatic. Did you hear what I just said? Not a lot of us in the younger generation. Anyway, we'll just go. We'll leave that one on. All right. All right. So, uh, you know, or a motorcycle, right? Well, we'll use any clutch. So the first time you try and teach someone to drive a stick, clutch, or a motorcycle, right? It's like, <laughs> stall. Hopefully not fall over. Uh, I don't let them start off on my bike. All right. So you got to learn, right, how to take off. There's this feathering technique. There's this, this give and take of the clutch and the gas so that you start moving. And, you're, and it's at first you're like, you know, let it off. Then you're like holding it in and barely doing it. And you're burning up the clutch. And then somebody's telling you, like, let it go, let it go. They're dying. Right? You know, you all been down there. Then when you finally get the thing moving, you're all excited, but you got to do it again. You got to hit second gear third and whatever all right so the process is that once you start to understand it and you feel it then you got to remember rpms like where do i need to do the next shift i'll let off the gas push but guess what happens as you do that pretty soon you don't even think about it your brain is automatically doing stuff you don't even think you get in and do it you know you don't jerk everybody around everything's smooth most of us Okay, so here's the thing. See, what happens is, is that we learn a new way, and it becomes natural to us. At first, it's a little herky-jerky. We may even fall over. We may stall out, but we don't stop. And then if we keep after it, pretty soon it becomes part of who we are, and we think nothing of it. We begin to function in that. So listen, apply that to your spiritual life. If you're still stalling out and falling over as a Christian, after a long period of time, you got a problem. And the problem is you're not applying God's word and you're not staying in it enough to understand what it is that God is saying, what power is available to you, and how to live your life. See, it's okay to fall over or stall out when you're new. And it's expected So don't freak out and just think I'm done for. I keep screwing up. No, just relax. Trust God. Walk with Him. He'll lead you through it. Luke chapter 6. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. Listen to this. This is Jesus speaking. You ready for this? What you say flows from what is in your heart So why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord when you don't do what I say? That's like a pretty powerful thing he just said to us. So you want to know where your spiritual life is? Listen to what's coming out of your mouth. Because we're a biker church doesn't give you a right to use biker language. I mean, it's Jesus. Seriously. I mean, this is God's word. He's like, what's in there? It's going to come out. So when you place God's word in your heart, your language changes. Your communication changes. Your attitude changes. Just think, would Jesus say the words you say? Would he have the conversations you have? Would he look at a woman like you do? Would he look, if you're a female, at a man like you do? See, like the transformation of who we are is what God has said he wants to do in our life. And therefore, as I live 
for God through his word, through the Holy Spirit. There's a transformation of who I am. And the people around me will begin to hear it in my words, my conversation, my conduct, my attitude, my actions, because my life speaks Jesus to the world. That's what this is all about. See, this is why we have to read God's word. We have to know what it says. We need to study it and talk about it. We need to get God's word inside of us. Jesus faced the temptations in the wilderness, and every time he spoke God's word against it and was victorious over it. Come on, he showed us. This is how it works. Let's go on because we're going to run out of time here. So why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? I will show you what's like when someone comes to me, listens to my teaching, and then follows it. It's like a person building a house who digs a deep and lays a foundation on solid rock. When the floodwaters rise and break against that house, it stands firm because it is well built. But anyone who hears and doesn't obey is like a person who builds a house right on the ground without a foundation. When the floods sweep down against that house, it will collapse into a heap of ruins. So we may all look the same because houses can look the same. But if they don't have the foundation, they're not going to stand the same. And so we may look like Christians in the church. But if we don't have the foundation of the truth of God in us, when the storms of life hit you, you will crumble and fall. And so I want you to know, church, that if your life continues to crumble and fall when the waves come at you, you need to rebuild your house on the word of God and stop trying to do it yourself. This is God's word, and he has called us to this. You have to rebuild your life on the word of God. You cannot keep living the way you do, the way you think, and the way you always have. You're not going to change when you do that. When the Holy Spirit reveals truth to you about what needs to be changed in your life, what God is dealing with you about, you have to move on that. You have to act on that. You cannot compromise. This is not a debate with God. Like, I'll go this far if you come this far. When the Spirit of God says, this is what I want from you, there is no doubt when God says it to us. Everybody in this room, if you're a Christian, you know the Holy Spirit has convicted you of something in your life, right? Would you say amen to that? Undeniable. And so when the Holy Spirit convicts us, there is a reason that God is calling us into obedience. We don't logically think that through. Well, if I do this, will this come out? No, do it. It's God. He knows. He knows what's going on. And he knows what he's doing. Therefore, we act in obedience. However, some of us, in our self, in our flesh, don't act immediately. Please, please hear me. And as we continue to do what we've always done, ignoring what the Spirit of God has convicted us of, we grow a callous. And the Spirit of God doesn't seem to talk to us about it anymore, and we get comfortable and we think everything's okay now. It's not. You have hardened your heart against the Holy Spirit Himself, and therefore you are unable to hear because of your lack of obedience. And pretty soon we start to do other things, and we find ourselves so far down the road that we don't know what happened and how we got here. Obedience to the Spirit of God is critical, and the Word of God teaches this. See, what happens oftentimes in Christian communities is we make an excuse for ourselves and say, well, I'm, I'm still a sinner. Uh, we're all sinners. We're all of sin. We know all the sin verses. 
We know them all. Why don't we follow those verses up with what God says about transforming sinners into saints? Why don't we follow those verses up with the expectations that God says, I'm a holy God, therefore you will be a holy people. Why don't we follow those verses up with the verses that tell us that if we don't live right, we're not going to make it. (laughs) Your life matters. How you live your life matters. The Spirit of God has called us into relationship with the Creator of the universe so that we can change. He died to change us. Okay. Matthew 7, listen. Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. On judgment day, Many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, perform miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. Do you think how you live matters? It's not just talking about being a Christian. It's not even performing as a Christian. It's not even just doing Christian works. Your life in relationship and obedience to what God says is critical. It's what your soul hinges upon. See, we got to stop making excuses for our lack of obedience. Stop making excuses for sin in our lives. Stop making excuses about anything and get serious about this and our obedience to God's word. It's critical. This is not a game. This is our eternal soul. This is not a show. We're not here to just like just punch a clock or, or do something spiritual. Life's going to be over before you know it. You're going to answer to God. Matthew 7, Jesus in his teaching says this, Do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. This is the essence of all that is taught in the law and the prophets. You can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad, and its gate is wide for many choose that way but the gateway to life is narrow and the road is difficult and only a few will ever find it I tell you right now church those are not only the scariest verses I read in the Bible they're the most convicting words that I read in the Bible and this is Jesus talking so we'll be fast the golden rule says do to others what you have them do to you like forgive, show mercy, grace, love. Then he follows that up by the narrow gate and the wide road. Jesus, when we look at those scriptures, by the way, I'll re- like the Greek language, when you look at that narrow road, that narrow gate, when you look at the Greek and what it is, it's actually used that is uh, a word that is used, the same word that when they're pressed grapes, wine comes out, you know, the juice. It's the same word. Jesus says, like, the narrow way, like the squeeze shoot. So you come in and you're getting pressed and something comes out different. It's the produce of what's inside. See, when the junk comes out, it's telling you that there's still junk inside. And Jesus is calling us to a life that is different than it used to be because if we're no different, then what did he do for us? Seriously, if all he was going to do is give us a free pass, he could have done that already. He's, he's done something for us 
because he wants to do something through us and he wants to do something in us because he's called us to this life. If you want to make it, if you want to be changed, there's going to be some pressure at times. It's going to be stuff that you got to learn different. You got to start living different. You got to act a little different. This is what God's called us into. So, um, I think it's 18 minutes after, so I'm going to read these verses to you before I do the action steps so we can go get the youth and the, and the uh, kids from Kids XP. Revelation 20, listen, this is Jesus' revelation, and he's speaking here to us in the church, right? This is the revelation of Jesus Christ, the last book of the Bible. And as you read down into the 20th chapter, which is near the end of the whole Bible, He's talking about what's going to happen in the very end. And listen to these words. It's pretty interesting because there's a lot of theological debate about this and it's going to mess with some of your theology. just want you to know. If you were raised, you'll know. Let's read it. (laughs) And I saw a great white throne and the one sitting on it. The earth and the sky fled from his presence, but they found no place to hide. I saw the dead, both great and small, standing before God's throne. Man, before I read any more, John saw this like in a vision from God, and this is real. That means you and I were in the crowd. We were there. He saw us. Listen to it. And the books were opened, including the book of life. And the dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. Huh. Oh, so it's not all on Jesus. Yes, salvation is all on Jesus. Don't misunderstand what I just said and don't misinterpret your own theological belief. This is God's word. This is judgment. And Jesus tells the church, because that's who the letter's written to, his people, that you're going to be judged according to what you have done as recorded in the book. Do you realize that God himself is keeping a journal on you? He knows you. He knows all about your conversations, your actions, your attitudes. He knows all about your secret life. He knows about your gossip. He knows about your lust, your issues. He knows. And there's this journal with your name on it. And he said, this is going to be brought out. Have you ever thought about that? I mean, we all think about that judgment time where it says, you know, that Jesus himself will will be given the robe of righteousness of Christ for us because he died for us. He did. I received life and salvation because of what Jesus did. You can't earn your salvation. Don't misunderstand me. That's not what God's word is saying. We know that salvation is a gift from God through Jesus Christ, and we can't earn it. But what God also says is once you've received forgiveness, there is a transformation in your life by the power of God where your life now is different, and I'm recording the change that has taken place in your life, and I'm going to hold you accountable for how you live, how you act, how you talk. God's saying this. The sea gave up its dead, and death and the grave were up, gave up their dead, and all were judged according to their deeds. That's God's word. Yeah, I guess 
your life and your actions do matter. It's not like all on the mercy and grace of God. Yes, salvation is. But how you live it is going to matter. Big time. You know, we have this, we, we keep integrating this spiritual garbage from the world, this yin and yang crap and all that stuff like, well, we're good and evil. No, you're not. You're all evil until you find Jesus and then you're supposed to be all good. Yeah. Right? So quit with that garbage and understand that your salvation through Christ has transformed you, removed that, whatever you want to call that yang thing and get it out of here. And now we're made new in Christ. See, what happens when Jesus transforms me is now I do the good deeds for God because of the love I have in my heart by God because now I'm living for God. Prior to Jesus, I lived for self. And therefore, I saw you as someone that I needed to make myself better about through you by cutting you down, taking advantage of whatever I could do to make myself better and feel good about myself. See, that's living for self. But now when Christ is living in me, it's for your betterment that I live. That you might know him through my life and my conversation, my conduct and my actions. All right? Action steps. Let's do it. Are you born again, saved Christian? If you're not, make today the day. God wants to transform your life and you will give an account to him. Have you been baptized in your faith? Sound like not everybody. You should be. Jesus said we ought to be. It's part of what we're supposed to do. Are you applying God's word in your life? What is coming out of your mouth on a daily basis? You know, um, on your smartphone, there's this record thing. Maybe you ought to, like, just turn that on every once in a while and listen to it in your house. Put it on your desk at work, in your vehicle when you're driving. Maybe you should have somebody else do that. And just play it back for you. Seriously, man, we got to do something about what's going on. Are you living the golden rule? Are you doing for others? Are you still doing for yourself? See, it's about what God's asked us to do. That's what it's all about. All right. You have your kids in here already? Okay. You can just bring them right up over on this side. Yeah. Father, we love you. We thank you so much for Jesus. Thank you for your word. It's amazing. It's powerful, God. It's life-changing. And so, God, in Jesus' name, we ask you to just continue with us. Speak to hearts today as we celebrate those who are celebrating the fact that you are King of kings and Lord of lords in their life. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name.